Hump Day, and welcome back. I know we got a lot of new listeners yesterday, Justin. I don't know if you heard we had Tony Khan and Ryan Satin on yesterday. Generated a lot of interest, a lot more downloads than usual for yesterday's show. Uh, I listened to both interviews. Very, very, very nice job by oh, you. Tony Khan, what a what a delightfully open man that, that guy is. He loves you. Well, you know, I found out his family lives like blocks from me. So, uh, real talk. I, I said, I said, let's go to, uh, let's go to a dive bar. I'll buy you a beer. And I thought that was kind of funny because, you know, he's worth, uh, his family's worth billions of dollars, right? That's hilarious. Yeah, oh, yeah. Walk into a dive bar with a billionaire. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, it's, great. It's, it's, al- it's always great knowing that the person that you're cheersing uh, has enough money to buy the entire place uh, and, and, and turn it into a casino or do whatever he wanted to do with it. Mm, I like this bar. I think I'll buy it. That's wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Uh, well, sits down, sir. Sir, what are you having? I'll take it all. Uh, you have to be more specific. Vodka, beer. No, I think I'll just I'll just take it all. Just give me give me the whole place. You seem good at your job. Do you come with the establishment? Is that is that how this works around here? Uh, no, for real. It was great. Tony was great yesterday. Ryan was also great yesterday. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And guys, today is not going to disappoint as far as a follow-up goes. We are going to keep it rocking and rolling here today. A huge interview uh, to kick things off right after the news segment here today. Uh, Hugo Savinovich is here today, Justin. We're going to talk to Hugo about how he broke the internet when he went on and he originally uh, you know, dropped all this news about what's going on in Saudi Arabia, WWE, their travel situation. Uh, he's got a big show this Saturday in Puerto Rico, a tribute to Bret Hart. We're going to talk about that, too. He was ringside at the Montreal Screwjob. Remember when Brett destroyed the Spanish announce table? Yes, I do. I, I was going to ask you, did you at least ask him what it's like to be part of the most broken tables ever at ringside at WWF? Dude, this is a slam-banger follow-up to the Tony Khan one. He, we talk about his firsthand experience during the Montreal Screwjob. We get into all of that. Then I pivot, and I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about the Saudi stuff and, and all the commotion you caused. That's like the second half of the interview. This one's very, very good. I mean, I'm, I'm super happy with it. Good. We have the nonstop delivering here in the weekly. Yeah, absolutely. And then right after the interview with Hugo, another big piece of audio just this morning, uh, Triple H, he did his latest NXT TakeOver uh, media call. We're talking about war games today, or he was. I did not make it onto this call, Justin. As you know, sometimes does not happen. Um, but, you know, listened in. Were you listening on the call? I know you, you listened in and participate in the calls. With Triple H? Yeah. No, this morning, this is actually the first one of his calls I've, I've missed in a long time. I actually missed it, so I was upset. Shame on you, Justin. Shame on you. Well, uh, it was a good call. Uh, a lot of really uh, good topics were addressed in the call. So I've got the full audio for you here today as well. It's about 45 minutes of Triple H hyping uh, this Saturday's uh, War Games, talking about Survivor Series and a lot of other things. Um, and I will be in the scrums after War Games, by the way, uh, on site in Chicago, as I will be at SmackDown War Games, Survivor Series, and Raw. Um, taking a, a collective of friends um, to the, these various shows to go attend them with me. It's going to be a blast. So you guys can follow us online, of course, for all that coverage. And before we get to the news here today, Justin, uh, I wanted to send out our congratulations to WWE SmackDown superstar Chad Gable, a.k.a. Shorty G, and his wife Christy, who welcomed their third child together. Uh, Charles James Betts was born on Monday, uh, weighing nine pounds. This is Gable's first son, his second daughter, uh, Meadow Ann Betts was born January 24th of last year, and their first child, a daughter named Clay, was born uh, sometime before that. WWE sent out a congratulatory letter, and congratulations. For a man who has three children, uh, Shorty G doesn't really scream adult man with three kids, does it? <laughs> Again, I refuse to call him such. <laughs> He's an Olymp- 
champion, Shorty G. Uh, well, you know, he's got kids. He's like Heath Slater now. He's got to, you know, he's got to do what he's got to do to keep his job, man. I don't I, Shorty G makes me think like Jamie Kennedy and Malibu's Most Wanted. Oh, that was a good movie, though, man. Sure. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy is a funny person. I've he seen, is a funny person. I have seen Jamie Kennedy live. I enjoy Jamie Kennedy. I don't want to throw any hate at Jimmy Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. Everybody here. around. Every, I'm not hating on Jamie Kennedy. Okay. Everybody around here packs a nine. He's <laughs> just showing the golf course. All right. Anyway, onward, <laughs> onward we go. Uh, let's get to it. News you can use. News that leave a bruise. Uh, NWA Vice President Dave Lagana uh, announced on social media that they had to temporarily pull last night's episode of NWA Power over comments made. By Jim Cornette. Uh, Lagana tweeted out on tonight's episode of NWA Power, airing on November 19th, 2019, one of our talents made comments which some viewers found offensive. We deeply regret the error and apologize. We have temporarily taken the program down while we correct this error. Now, uh, the comment that Jim made uh, that offended fans was uh, Trevor Murdoch is the only person who can strap a bucket of fried chicken to his back and ride a motor scooter across Ethiopia, Trevor Murdoch can take care of himself. Well, uh, obviously, and this was happening in real time. I've seen the GIFs and, and the screenshots of the like, live chat when this particular comment happened. It was like a meltdown that happened like instantaneously on social media. Now, NWA world champion Nick Aldis, he issued the following statement on Twitter regarding the incident. He said, there is no speaking. Uh, there is no – this in no way – Speaking on behalf of the NWA, I am absolutely speaking for myself. I thought the comment was in poor taste and unnecessary. I totally understand why it caused many to be upset. It was a lack of judgment or sensitivity. I have worked really hard along with many others on this team to make this brand mean something again. And this is not how I want NWA to be trending. I'm sorry for the inappropriate remarks and I'm glad to see the uh, and glad to see they have been promptly edited out. I hope this is the first time and last time an episode of NWA Powers overshadowed by something like this. Of course, as he mentioned, the episode was edited and then re-uploaded to YouTube, where it is now live. And then, as of this morning, uh, the following statement was released by the NWA. Uh, effective immediately, Jim Cornette has resigned from the National Wrestling Alliance as an announcer on the November 19th edition of NWA Power. Jim made remarks during a singles match between Nick Aldis and Trevor Murdoch that were both offensive and do not meet the high standards of decency and good faith of the National Wrestling Alliance. To ensure that such an error can never happen again, we've established new procedures of review for all NWA programming going forward. We sincerely regret our failure in this regard. And that's all of it, Justin. Um, I'll, of course, kick to you here. What, what do you take away from the situation and how uh, the NWA and Jim Cornette handle it in the wake of it. Well, of course, it's not the first time in Cornette's career that he's said something controversial or, you know, and his comments have gotten him in trouble. Uh, you know, look, the reality is 30 years ago on an NWA broadcast or on anything, 30 years ago, this might have gotten by, you know, but times have changed, times of, um, you know, standards have changed. And yeah, it just, it doesn't, you know, and especially, you know, NWA, you know, they're, they're so early back out in the gate you know, kind of being getting back into the picture here and this NWA power. And it's been met, you know, largely with great positivity. The numbers, um, you know, show that there's some interest and, and that people like this presentation. And it's like they're doing, they're managing to pull all the popular positive vintage 
you know, of the studio feel and the way they do promos and 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 the, the kind of getting getting back to basics for lack of a better description. Um, so they're trying to pull what was maybe beautiful, what was old is new again, you know, 30 years ago, but they don't want to pull what was acceptable 30 years ago from the sense of like what the lack of standards or the lack of sensitivity um, as it pertains to, you know, racial and ethnicity jokes and such. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah, I guess they handled it as, as I mean, that's, that's well, the danger of having live, that's the danger of having live television, right? Was, it, was this live? I thought this was a pre-tape. Well, if it's, I'm well, pretty... it aired. I mean, they let it air. Yes, they, I mean, yes, they let it air. This is not okay, but that's know. that's a big. But that's the thing is, like, I think it would have been one thing if this had been live and Jim had said this, and you're like, oh my god, we have gambled and and we have to to make amends for this. The fact that this was a pre-tape and made it air, meaning they heard it, they knew it was going to be said, and they didn't have a problem with it. And so, like, I understand that, like, you know, Jim is you know resigning here, and and rightfully shows. So, like, after a line like that, like, I don't. I don't think that, you know, you should be the, the voice of, of the company anymore. Um, but on the other side of the coin, it's like, is that enough? Like, well, I mean, I get that there's going to be these new protocols or procedures or whatever, which I guess is just like, I don't know, <laughs> thinking harder. Well, I'm not really sure what well, that it means, you know? Well, new. I mean, yeah, I don't know what it means. It sounds like the right thing to say. There'll be new protocol and standards. Sure. But it makes me wonder because you're right. You keep, you're saying pre-tape. And when I say when, when, when we say pre-tape in wrestling, we often think like the backstage segments have been that have been pre-rehearsed yeah, and pre-shot. This whole show was shot. Yeah. And then now it's and now it's airing for live comments to take place. It's it's being unveiled live. Uh, yeah. But you're right. The commentary, the matches, they all were already previously done. You know, weeks earlier. Um, so it makes me wonder, did, you know, how close was anybody listening to Jim's commentary when they did this? How many people are there when they're doing this kind of live stuff? Who, you know, who, who did it brush? Did, you know, is it, is it a job of somebody yeah. who's editing the show to keep an ear out for these kind of things? And did somebody just sleep on it or were somebody's sensitivity uh, not where it needed to be? Um, so you're right. I mean, so, so them saying they need to put new protocols and standards is the right thing to say. We still don't yeah. know what exactly, what protocol or standard they can implement that will prevent this from happening. And what sucks is, is that Cornette, uh, while, um, you know, Cornette, I mean, he, he, he's good in this role. He's a good fast talker. This is a brand that he's very much associated with that he, that he's the, that person in 2019 who still really clings on to, again, the vintage and old school. So he, he fit. And there's so many other ways other than this stupid joke, this stupid, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There's so many other ways to put over that, that Trevor Murdoch can take care of himself and that he's a tough hombre. There's so right. many other ways to go about it than just than a stupid uh, he, he can he can ride across. Ethi- I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, and that's, <laughs> that's the thing is, come up with. and that's the thing is, I would think that in that position, like NWA could have protected Jim in this situation, right? They could have edited it out, right? I just again, I. That's what know, I mean. Who 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 slept who slept on the process of when they were putting the show together? Who did who who didn't hear that or, or who heard and didn't care? Here's here's the fallout from this, right? A lot of people are very offended. I know some people aren't going to be back. I mean, this is a this is a thing. NWA power. The Rock has put it over. Edge has put it over. It's got it's it's got a cult following going. A couple hundred thousand people each week. Uh, I haven't looked at the numbers this morning, but I would imagine it's going to be a, a dip for them uh, because of this weird stigma around this whole situation. Uh, I don't know if they can get over it. Uh, honestly, I mean, like I always I always saw this as a vehicle to get to TV, kind of a gamble, and I would think that this is going to make that more difficult. You know, and I've talked to a couple it- people that were close to this, and it, or, you know. They're upset about it. You know, a lot of people like, you know, like Nick Aldis said, there are good people involved here that are now going to be somewhat punished by this or lose an opportunity because of just poor oversight, you know? Well, I mean, I don't, um, 
I don't, I mean, this isn't going to help them or make things easier, but I don't think it's going to be like, I don't think this is going to like put us, put an end to their opportunities to advance and grow. I mean, it, it doesn't help. It's certainly not the, they don't, as Nick Alda said, you don't want this overshadowing what was, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen the match, but you don't want this to overshadow what was probably a good match. But um, it, it's not, you know, and the other part of it too, I guess in a way, <laughs> again, Coronet is no stranger to controversy and, 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 and saying things that are, you know, just, Maybe again, maybe not, <laughs> are not acceptable for 2019. Right. It, 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 it maybe it helps the situation. Maybe the long term that it was him. It was somebody like versus them having versus them trying to introduce a new face, a new voice to the wrestling community, and and asking you to trust this new, try to give credibility to this new person, and that new and that person doing. It. I mean, it's I, I hate this. I hate to chalk it up to. No. This is Cornette's shtick, but in a way, it's kind of like, well, there's Jim Cornette again. Uh, well, let's, let's not hold the entire company up for this forever. Let's let you know what I mean. I don't know. It, it, I hate to again. I hate to chalk it up to oh, it's his gimmick. <laughs> but yeah, and, that, it, and, that, and that's the thing is, you know, there was obviously some repercussions here, but I really hope the message got sent up the flagpole because it does seem like this is this could have been avoided. And I do think that it, you know, it, it, as much as Jim fell in the grenade here. I do think there will be others that are going to hold the entity as a as a whole in the higher ups uh, to a higher standard here now because of this because you know this again this could have been avoided so um, all right Justin that was a heavy topic to start the show you know what I want to talk about now what I want to talk about I want to talk about sex Justin we have a brand new sponsor here on the Winkley and I couldn't be more excited we are now proudly sponsored by. Blue Chew. We've joined the family, Justin. Are you excited? Of course. I'm 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 this is this is as excited as I've been in, in, in days. I am very excited, Justin, about this. And you know, I really like talking about sex. I mean, sex is like easily one of my favorite things. I well love- you bring up you bring up your girlfriend every episode. So <laughs> I, I my, yeah, you know. my girlfriend's very hot and uh sex is one of my favorite things. I really like good sex, and I want our listeners now to know that they can also increase their performance and get that, you know, little bit of extra confidence in the bed. So here's what, here's what's going to go on. Listen, listen up here. Bluechew.com. Now, for those that don't know, that's B-L-U. Bluechew.com. Not like blue, not like I blew out a candle, right? You don't want to get confused like that. B-L-U-E. B-L-U-E. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You know, that's that's the top of the line, right? Viagra and Cialis, if you're really looking for a, for a good time and to get that extra bit of confidence, right, Justin? Yeah, well, and, and it's important because like it's chewable, so it can work even faster. You, and you can and you and, and you don't have to you know you can take it whenever you know when you when you get other things that you know when you're talking about pills and stuff like that that you're yeah. worried about Ugh. you know do you have an empty stomach this and that this is chewable, so it's a much more natural intake. And and this is all about this is not for people who can't get it done. We're not saying you can't get it done, so no. don't feel embarrassed or shamed if you decide you want to try this out. This is just for people who want a little more. You want to go. Sure. You want to. You want to best out of three falls contest. You need a little bit more. This helps you uh, talk the talk and walk the walk. See, that's what makes this generation so great, Justin. Is the generations before us? They didn't have this luxury, right? Like they were just they were just you know tackling sex, you know, as, as nature gave us. Now we have an opportunity to really get it right and go over the top and have more fun than ever before when it comes to having sex. And um, they, they, want, they want me to talk about, like, a personal story here, right? Like a personal endorsement of this product. And, you know, uh, I, when I think about when I really want that extra performance, it's usually, like, after a big party or a night out, I've had a couple cocktails and want to come home, really want to Ric Flair it and, and bring it home. Go to Space Mountain, right? That seems like a good time. 
to like you said, it's just a chewable little thing. It's like a Flintstones vitamin, right? You know, you pop well, it. And, 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 and so the situation is, is key. And so this is why they want to go to bluechew.com because there are different, um, there are different versions that they can get. If you are in a situation like Nick just described sure. and like you, and, and, and it's, you need to hit the finish now. Like you need, you need to go now. Right. There is, there is, there's a, there is a chewable that is good for that situation. Now, if you are looking a little more long-term, if you're doing some long-term booking, of like you know, and you're looking at your watch, you're doing some math of you know maybe maybe a little little more in the future. Well, there's a version to take there that can do a little more uh, you know long standing uh, progress. So, Blue True really has a cover for you. B L U E chew.com that's right now uh it's a fast and easy way like justin said to enhance your performance you know because a lot of guys you know they like to talk a good game but blue chew like we've been saying that's going to help you walk that walk talk that talk you know and it is prescribed online it ships straight to your door in a very discreet package so if you don't want people knowing you get blue chew we get it that's fine you don't want that little glance over the fence you know like wilson from home improvement can you imagine that if like tim came to the door and he's sitting there and he's like oh Oh, let's go. Heidi ho, ho, neighbor. <laughs> this is, you know, and, and this is even better, too, because you don't have to worry about going for any uncomfortable doctor's visits, no. any pharmacy visits. You don't have people staring at you in the pharmacy when you're waiting no. to get it. They literally discreetly sent right to your door. It's, 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 as, it's as undercover uh, as it can be. Yeah. And my, one of my favorite things about this, this product, Blue Chew, is made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than you said, like they're cheaper than a pharmacy, right? So right now, we got a special deal. I want you to go over bluechew.com. That is B-L-U-Chew.com. You're going to get your first shipment free. When you use our special promo code, very easy to remember, it's the title of the show, Winkly. W-I-N-C-L-Y. Use that. Get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. And again, that's B-L-U-Chew.com. Promo code Winkly to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank you guys. We thank you, Blue Chew, so much for sponsoring the show. Woo! I feel like after a Blue Chew spot, the only appropriate thing to do is woo like Ric Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Let's get back to it. Thank you, Blue Chew. Wonderful. Remember, promo code Winkly. Go place your order right now. Um, let's talk about woo. something. <laughs> let's talk about something that got everybody up and excited, percolated, as if they had just uh, eaten some Blue Chew. CM Punk made his return to WWE television on Fox, who he works for, not WWE, but it was on WWE, a program, WWE Backstage. Now, Justin, did you get a chance to check out CM Punk's return here? I Well, I did not get to watch it live in full. I've done my, like I said, I missed Triple H. Just, I've been, the last 12 hours have been really crazy otherwise. Um, but I, I have been going through trying to find little clips on social. I've certainly read some transcripts. So I, I, don't, I think I've gotten the gist of, uh, of the, the highlights and quotes from him. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, he he looked good. He looked, you know, it was still a little bit of nervous energy, in my opinion, for Punk on this set. Nobody really knows quite what to make of him. He doesn't really know, I think, quite exactly how he's going to fit in the space. But he did go out there and he gave his opinion on a variety of topics. We'll get into those right now. Um, it's like it's like he's been in a zoo for the last five years. He's been behind glass with all of us talking and looking at him and taking pictures of him and trying to tweet to him and him blocking. It's like we've been looking at him behind glass. Uh, and now they've opened the now they've opened the glass and they're letting us come into his exhibit and him come into ours. And everybody's just kind of like a little nervous. We're not sure who to make of what just yet. Uh, well, uh, he was on backstage, and so he let's talk about this uh, first. So Renee asked him about the possibility of him showing up in a Royal Rumble. Now uh, he says, "Never say never." But there's a lot of hurdles to clear and bridges to be built before uh, he could do something like that. So didn't didn't shut the door on it. Just kind of left it where it is. No 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 new news there. I think. 
Uh, Which I think I think I think is the right response. Like, you know, if, if he if he hard buries it, if he hard says never, 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 never going to happen, then you're kind of like, really? But I think he answered it just about as well as you can. Like, didn't didn't give it, did, you know, didn't dismiss it because we never say never in wrestling, but obviously acknowledges that, you know, there's still relationship work to be done. Do they want me to bump to the bull again? Is that part of the rumble return? Tell me that. I'd like <laughs> to know that first. Am I bumping to the bull? I don't know. I'd like to know that. Um, on, uh, the women, uh, the women's revolution in NXT, he said, uh, he sees bright spots in wrestling since he's been gone. Like the women, he doesn't feel like they need a label though. He likes that They keep it more organic. And he said, he's got a soft spot for NXT. Uh, he knows the struggle of working your way up. And he feels like that, that roster is quote unquote, less tainted. That's interesting. That's triple H's brand. I, I've been saying for weeks, I, if, there, if there's a brand for him to return to as an active competitor. You know, as a as a for for, for a match for a storyline. Now NXT makes a lot of sense. Look, Hunter Triple H did that media call this morning, and he's talking about somebody. He got asked about whether or not he was going to wrestle as part of Team NXT, which is a rumor out there. And he said he had zero interest in that. And he said that the uh, final member of Ciampa's team is going to be a day of decision and could get people very excited. Who do you think that could be? I I mean I don't know, but again, it, it, you know I don't want to. But yeah, anything's possible. Obviously, they're in Chicago. I mean, the t- you know, somebody somebody who somebody who follows WWE somewhat loosely um, texts me. I mean, not loosely, but yeah, I'm mean, enough. They texted me yesterday and said, "So, how long do you think uh, you got to think Punk's going to wrestle again eventually?" And I said, "Absolutely." I said, "Isn't it just you know funny timing that he's resurfaced after all this time? He's resurfaced days before WWE's about to have residency in Chicago." Um, for an entire gimmick weekend that is all about allegiances and going against each other and brand supremacy and secrets of who's who's on whose team. I'm like, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but boy, isn't it? If nothing else, what a red herring. Yeah, man. And like, think about it. This could be a re- interesting, right? Because he left for MMA. Now he returns. He could return in a cage and uh, be victorious this time. That'd be a nice change of pace for him. I don't know the way you phrase that was funny. Like you're kind of like he, he he could use a win inside of a cage. Come on, I'm not throwing salt. Why would I do that? A little 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 little, little dick dart there. A little uh, dick dart. Uh, he also was asked about the Roman Reigns dog mascot segment. He said a segment like that makes him reconsider doing the show WWE backstage. He said he thought it was garbage. He said he needs to learn more about Car- Corbin. But that was a bad start. I think in the end, Cor- he will probably warm up to Corbin. I do not think that he will warm up to this segment. It's bad, man. Still no, still no word on who was in the big dog costume, huh? Maybe it was Roman. Maybe it's a long con. Okay. <laughs> Tony Khan? Could be Tony Khan. Uh, he also was asked about Brock Lesnar, Rey Mysterio. He says it feels like it could, could be great. The Chicago crowd uh, could help elevate the match. I, I agree with that. This will be a big one. Uh, he said he hates the new Bray Wyatt blue title wwe universal championship he says it's stupid uh then he kept looking over a page when he was like uh, trying to be negative and he like tried to get her to agree with him and then she laughed it off and said he was trying to uh to stir the pot (laughs) come on guys right it's okay that i say this stuff I don't, I don't i don't i don't i don't agree with him with the with the the belt thing i've seen other people like what's the big deal like it was just kind of yeah. natural that it's it's the universal title so they it's just natural that whatever show it's gonna be on they just 
change the strap color. I, it doesn't like I don't understand what the big deal I, is that I, it went from red to blue. I think they should make Brock's red, his blue, and you have a Raw Championship and a SmackDown Championship. No, because because the no because that that's terrible because it pigeonholes what it, it had they done that we would never been able to have. The Fiend win it when he did and be able to get to SmackDown and Brock go to Raw. Like you that need to be able to have that open that 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 availability to move them. If you pigeonhole a title is with a brand, then you're pigeonholing being able to book and change. Like, like I think we're all happy that the Fiend won, right? We're happy that sure. they, they 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 recognize Seth Rollins just wasn't clicking with it, especially the fact that people were clicking and wanting to see the Fiend with it. Had it been a pigeonhole, this title can only be on Raw. That then they they probably wouldn't be able to do it because it would have been a, a, a disastrous domino effect of what else they had going well, on. So I, no, I, you just I hear that argument. I hear that argument, but you're assuming that they're going to continue to live in this like fluid state where like there will be a lot of back and forth. And I you know I trust no me. no no. And I and I think even I think we'll get to it. I think even Triple H says on the call today that like yes. after Sunday he's expecting the roster to be a bit more. They, they truly will get back to this whole I, separate roster, separate world. I'm just saying. Eventually, a, a, eventually, a champion in a title has run its course of opponents and storylines on that particular show. It might take six months. It might take two years for the course to be ran. So you need to have that open-ended ability to let the champion move if they have to, rather than saying this title cannot leave this day. It, that, that that just doesn't make sense. So I, I I don't know. I just I don't see the big deal about a title strap being changed to blue. I am getting the vibe that from what he said and the way he phrased it, and you can all hear the audio just a little bit when Triple H comments on. Uh, what will happen with the brand split becoming uh, more definitive, I believe is the word he used, uh, after Sunday. I get the vibe outside of the top four. We're going back to brand-specific pay-per-views is the vibe I got. Now that they've got three three brands, you're not just going back and forth. You can kind of pace it out one, two, three, You know, maybe a, a fourth in between the big four where each of those shows get a, gets a big pay-per-view. That's what it sounded That's That is the vibe I got when he was talking on the call earlier. Well, it sounds good on paper. It sounds good in theory, but what it also comes down to is if they don't, they might, again, they, that might make sense, right? It might, it may, then it can make sense to all of us. Hey, they're all separate brands. They should all have separate shows, right? right. But they, if they go to try this, which they've done in the past, it's happened. If they go to try this and realize, you know what? Even for as popular as The Fiend is, SmackDown is just a pay-per-view at pay-per-view expected prices. When I say pay-per-view, we all know what I mean pay-per-view prices um if they're not selling enough tickets then they, if they say look we have to go in and have this combined star power of you know raw and smackdown then that's then then that that's what it is i guess that's what always happens you know i just i don't I'm, look i'm just telling you what i heard i heard him on the call and he said that and he, he you know they said are you going to keep nxt involved in all the pay-per-views and he said no i want to keep them separate so if they're going to get their own pay-per-views and not be involved in the others I mean, I don't, I don't understand why Raw couldn't have its own pay per view. SmackDown could, could as well. I mean, they're bigger, more seen brands. You know what I mean? Right. Well, NXT, NXT's, NXT having their own shows work when it's their own show four times a year. Plenty of space to breathe, plenty of build to go in to make to sell that arena out. But if we're talking about, you know, every two months there being a Raw only, you know, when we get into those, some of those dog days of summer when program when programming can get, you know, whatever, like that's the thing. NXT doing it four times a year is one thing. But if we're still expecting to have the amount of pay-per-view slash special events that they have well, on the network and we're looking and we're looking at SmackDown or Raw having SmackDown or Raw only shows every other month, that's just gonna eventually weigh. It's if, gonna if, if NXT if NXT Raw and SmackDown each did three pay-per-views a year, that's nine, right? And then you have the four big you have the big four that's 13 pay-per-views right it gives you raw and smackdown 
more time to build their pay-per-views. You could stagger them a little bit. I mean, I see a little method to the math. I like that. I like I like I that 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 math makes sense to me, and that could if if space could probably work, or at least would be a better attempt at working. Yes. Yeah, because that but that's the thing is it's different now that you've got three brands. Before when it was just two, man, you're just bouncing back and forth, boom, boom, boom. It's moving pretty quick. If you can kind of slow it down a little bit, um, I see value in that. You know, they've talked about these. Uh, what is it? The War of the World shows or whatever that are going to take place in, in, instead of these takeover shows uh, where you could do like, you know, fight club type stuff. And then on the big four, some more high profile type stuff, uh, you know, and there's, you know, there's still other stuff you could do. But I don't mind that model. I think that's, I is, you know, is the war is the war is the war of the world. Is that intended to be like 205 Live, NXT UK? Everything. Is that intended to be like everything, like all those brands? And I think it's called Worlds Collide. I think that's what it's called. Worlds okay. Collide. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to be every every brand UK NXT UK. If they get this NXT India that he teases uh, in this interview, you know, two hundred five Raw SmackDown, everybody Performance Center, that one gigantic guy that laid everybody out. I've never seen him again. You know, he can be involved. So anyway, uh, he was also asked about CM Punk was also asked about Seth Rollins tweeting him looking for a fight. Punk said he isn't looking. To shoot angles on the show, he doesn't think Rollins should tweet. Just delete it. It's not doing Rollins any favors. Harsh, man. Play, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can understand Punk not, especially early, this early on, wanting to shoot angles on the show. I mean, he, I mean, he even said in that really fun piece that Fox did behind the scenes, like, you know, the way this was kind of sold to him and it kind of seemed to click with him is, you know, is, is how they have, you know, Troy Aikman for football and they have, and they have, you know, A-Rod for baseball. So I can see him not wanting to out the gate taint that what's supposed to be a legitimate, just, you know, break kayfabe analyst role to further a Vince McMahon or, you know, ran storyline. So I, I get that. And uh, so I guess, yeah, if he's not going to then respond to Rollins, it just makes Rollins look dumb that Rollins keeps looking for a program and a storyline that's not going to be answered right now. Uh, and Renee, uh, lastly here, she brought up the shield at which punk point responded, uh, at which point punk responded the shield guys. Well, who's your favorite, which made Renee laugh. Uh, and, uh, she, she said she liked all of them. Of course, she's not going to say her husband, Dean Ambrose. He's, he's an AEW star now. Well, no, Dean Ambrose was a WWE shield star. John Mox is an AEW star. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. John Mox. <laughs> so thus, thus, uh, thus recappeth, uh, CM Punk's, uh, debut on, uh, WWE backstage, WWE on Fox, by the way, if you go to their YouTube channel, you can pretty much watch the whole show. Like everything's up there. They, they've got every piece of it. He was all over, uh, their social media last night too, leading into it. Um, what do you think? How many, we did a hundred thousand last week. How many, how many do you think it added? What do you think's the total today? Um, I think last week you and I were, when we talked about this, you know, we, we said like, man, what if, what if this could get to a half a million? What if it could do that kind of jump? Um, just because again, since I didn't watch it live, I've, I've got to experience it as somebody who didn't watch it. And I, and I woke up and like, you know, there was quotes from it. There was nothing that was like, oh my God, you have to see Punk say this. And I'm not saying, you know, so I'm going to say it's going to be an increase. Of course, it's going to be an increase over the hundred thousand. I'm going to go a little more modest. I'm going to say it does, um, 350,000. 350,000. Okay. I think 350,000 is a good guess. I will uh, settle into that number as well. And yeah, I just checked uh, the Showbuzz Daily viewership is not out yet. Continue to refresh. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about what we got planned for tonight. NXT and AEW. Uh, NXT, they're presenting Pete Dunn versus Killian Dane versus Damian Priest in triple threat. The winner is going to face Adam Cole. 
for the WWE NXT Championship at Survivor Series this Sunday. Uh, tonight, you're also going to get Undisputed Era versus The Revival uh, and Adam Cole versus Dominic Dijakovic in a ladder match to determine the War Games advantage. That's pretty big. That's a pretty good lineup here, Justin. But over on AEW, uh, Dynamite uh, World Champion Chris Jericho set to make a huge announcement. No word yet on what that announcement's going to be. Uh, they've also previously announced that tonight you're going to get John Moxley versus Darby Allen, Private Party versus uh, Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz, Ray Phoenix versus Nick Jackson, and the first ever Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal. Battle Royals, man. Those, those, those catch an eye. See so many bodies in the ring like that. Yeah, I mean, both are both are packing big punches. You know, both sides uh, have, have matches. They're like, all right, you need to see this. And then obviously uh, NXT's got the... The, the go home factor for for the NXT uh, Wednesday show of you know who who from you know who from Raw and SmackDown is going to show up so um, yeah I mean I, I this this is on paper this has got a grand potential in both shows to really um, to, to to really be some of the best viewership that, that both have had I think I think we're definitely going to get Seth Rollins he's the captain of Team Raw I think he'll come down and stomp somebody. Yeah, you think? I mean, again, you think? I'll be very again. I'm always, as it always is. I'm always watching those opening ninety seconds to see who grabs, you know, who, who out the gate is, uh, you know, who out the gate is, is is doing big things. You know, NXT tends to start a little faster. Uh, I think I think that's I think that's just a, a sign of them being a little bit more on the defensive. They're they're trying to because they're they're playing from behind most of these weeks. Uh, AEW seems to not be slow, but they just kind of, you know, they they don't. They don't. They just kind of take. They they do it at the, whatever pace they feel is the best for the segment. Not not to uh, necessarily uh, have to beat NXT. And up to this point, it's worked. They've had the better viewership. So this will be this will be fun to watch as it always is. And I'll be live tonight after both programs with uh, with Glenn and and uh, Matt Morgan on Wrestling's YouTube. Uh, well, Sports Illustrated they caught up with Goldberg. Uh, he commented on another possible match in WWE. He said it's a very good possibility I'll be back, but you don't know until it's uh, you don't know it until it's done. Uh, he also told Sports Illustrated that a determining factor for his next WWE match is, of course, going to be his physical condition. Uh, the former WWE Universal Champion has a certain expectation and standard to uphold with his physique. It was noted that this makes the Goldberg character uh, a tougher role to play, which he mentioned in his last run here. He is over 50 now, looking like the Goldberg we all know. is. Uh, it gets older. It gets harder as you get older there. Um, but it does sound like he wants to do one more match. The, the article read like that. I, I would think him, him and Ziggler seem like good friends. I, I think if he comes back, um, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked to see him. I don't know who else you'd want to see Goldberg with. I don't want to see him and Ziggler again. I mean, that, that, but I want to see him really it. wrestle. I want to see him really, I want to see Ziggler actually go out there and try to wrestle Goldberg. Yeah, but, but, but that's not what Goldberg matches are about. That, that's, you know, at least largely, I mean, they could do the good, they, go, they could put him with Kane Velasquez when Kane's all healthy again and do the, do the Brock Lesnar stuff again. Oh, yeah, but dude, we're we're on a ticking time, as Goldberg just said, to, for Goldberg to play that character and look the Goldberg bit. I mean, it sounds like Cain Velasquez is out for, you know, getting surgery or whatever. So I don't know if that plays in favor. I mean, look, I I'm not sure how many other dream matches there are. You know, we see Goldberg and Taker. We've seen, you know, I'm not. We've seen Goldberg and Brock. I don't know how many other dream matches are out there in terms of like the novelty, like like the. I joke, but I don't, I don't know any other way to really just categorize. Other than I don't know, I don't know how many other Saudi matches are out there in terms of like you know just for marking name value of for Goldberg to go against. Is uh, now didn't him and The Rock feud over the WCW title when he finally came back and made the leap over to WWE the first time, or am I making that up? Is that like a figment? there was definite there was definite interaction because Goldberg made his first WWE appearance while The Rock was in the ring, if That's I remember right. right. But I, I don't remember. I don't remember how their feud went, but I mean, they've been trying to get the rock back. I mean, they, they've wanted to do rock versus Brock for the last couple of years. And just the rock with his Hollywood commitment seems to be a whole other bag. But I'll tell you this for Goldberg, 
you know, for the fact that NXT now is again more on a level playing field and it got a lot of organic buzz. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of organic buzz amongst the people who care and know who Matt Riddle is, and think of what Goldberg could uh, be for Matt Riddle in the WWE world. You're right. That is the match I want. Never mind. You're right. Absolutely, Goldberg Riddle. How did I, how could I have forgotten? I'm dumb. That's dumb. Uh, all right. I love this. Love this. Hate this story. All at the same time. Mixed bag of emotions. Uh, a WWE office employee captured the WWE 24-7 title for the first time ever. This man was named Mike Giaccio. Uh, he won the WWE 24-7 title from R-Truth. Uh, Giaccio is a WWE is the is WWE senior account manager of global sales and partnership. Uh, his LinkedIn account notes that he has been with WWE for almost seven years since January 2013. He has worked. His current role since October 2018, but started with the company as a digital project executive content manager and has also worked as the senior account coordinator of partnership and marketing. Triple H had tweeted out earlier in the day about a company town hall that R-Truth, I guess, attended and was speaking at. Uh, there were employees from several WWE departments. Uh, it looked like – did you watch the video of, of Mike winning the title initially? <laughs> yes i did too because i'm an idiot it did look like all the people in that room were under the <laughs> guise that this was a legitimate business <laughs> meeting for the company and then our, now correct me if i'm wrong but it looked like so you show up you're on the guise of a business meeting they're like all right first here to talk to everybody we got a special surprise wwe 24 7 champion r-truth he's going to talk to you guys today there's cameras everywhere and dude this i don't know man yeah, our truth just spun around. He ran into a wall and knocked himself out. Michael just popped up out of his seat, pinned truth. Everybody's sitting there in amusement as his uh, referee <laughs> pops up, takes his jacket off. This is wild, man. I don't know. It's been a while since anything from 24-7 like, captured me. This, to me, though, did not feel like the reigniting of this title. This, to me, <laughs> felt like this belt has become a way to make our employees feel better to give them experiences that will hopefully <laughs> endear them to the company i'm not really sure what this was yeah we're doing away we're doing away with the old-fashioned who's the employee of the month it's who gets who gets to have a title about they pin one of our superstars with oh, man. yeah i mean I, I like we've seen former athletes who are now like fox analysts get the pin and get the win we've seen retired legends like jerry briscoe and pat patterson um now we're jumping to now we're jumping to suits that are from the office uh account managers i think we've i think we're officially just kind of saying okay we're officially just having a sense of humility that this title you know the purpose might have been serious to make help ratings and anything can happen but i think we've just now i think everybody's just now acknowledging and laughing and just having fun this is just a, a more a, a, a more a, a prop at the, at the greatest definition of a prop well, for those that were worried, uh, Truth did track Michael down at WWE headquarters. He pinned him, and he started his 23rd title reign with the 24-7 title. So I got to think at least one more for the 24th, 24-7th title reign. That's a that's a word garble right there. I'm sure Truth will enjoy that. Um, all right, and so lastly here we have some updates about the women in WWE. Uh, Ember Moon, she appeared on last night's WWE backstage. She revealed she'll be out indefinitely with a torn Achilles uh, Moon had been out of action since October. She noted that she's not sure when she'll be back in the ring as doctors have given her a wide range of return dates. So that's that's a bummer there. I, Ember Moon was uh, really catching on. I'm sure she'll be great when she gets back, but it's always uh, a shame to see people lose momentum like that, especially when they seem to be gaining some, like Ember was. Yeah, she has a great entrance, a great look. I thought she had arguably one of the best finishers in WWE, so yeah, that's a... 
a loss for sure. Well, somebody who has momentum right now, and it looks like they're going to keep uh, going with it, Squared Circle Sirens reporting that Nikki Cross has signed a contract extension. Now, there's no word yet on details of the extension, but it is said to be for multiple years. Now, Cross's previous three-year contract was set to expire in just a few months. WWE officials went ahead and locked her in for a few more years. Uh, she is set to be a t- team member on Team SmackDown at Survivor Series uh, as she teams with uh, the team captain, Sasha Banks, uh, Lacey Evans, Dana Brooke, and Carmella. And yeah, man, good. You know, of, of all the uh, all the characters in general, not just women that have really broken out in the past few months, uh, Nikki Cross has definitely taken the, the, the role she's been given with Alexa Bliss and, and run with it. There's definitely more of a reaction for Nikki week after week. She's really going to grow into something special, I think. Yeah, I agree. And and prior to NXT moving to uh, prior to moving to USA, when it was still just on the network and it was still the the, the you're going to get called up scenario, uh, Nikki Cross has had some of the better success out of characters that went from NXT on the network to then you know the quote unquote main roster of Raw and SmackDown. And she's getting a reaction. You know, she she can she can work in the ring, but there's a, there's a lot of layers that, have, that they've yet to even peel back. You know, they, they've teased here and there, but she's kind of like um, she's one of those characters they can do a lot of things with in terms of uh, you know she starts to not be so awkward. They're trying to you know, and somebody's trying to make her into the girl next door, and then she's not. I mean, there's just a lot of fun you can have with her, um, yeah. and she's connected to the audience. So I, I'm all for hearing that she is uh, you know going to get a long term uh, extension to stay with them. Uh, the Observer uh, reporting that Lana was dis- was supposed to say in her Raw promo that Rusev couldn't be within 90 miles of her. And then, of course, it was supposed to say that Lashley was supposed to correct her uh, and say 90 feet. Or, no, uh, then then she would have said 90 feet right after that. But somehow, instead of that, she slipped up. She mentioned that Rusev couldn't be within 90 days of her, which was not supposed to, supposed to be what she said. Uh, she blamed the error on social media on Lashley, uh, making her nervous. Uh, when she's around him because of the sexual chemistry. Uh, And of note, also out of that segment, uh, it's been pointed out that WWE used the real names of Rusev and Lana, Catherine Joe Perry, and Miroslav Borinyashev. I think I got that right. Um, uh, So, you know, just to put a little little authenticity to it. But, uh, yeah, it can't be within 90 days of her. It's like a Rick and Morty time machine type deal. Apparently, Bobby Lashley is hard on with the Blue Chew. Oh, loves Blue Chew. Made of blue chew. She just takes a bite out of him. It's chewable. Uh, all right. And lastly here, uh, this got a lot of uh, traffic on the site, so I thought I'd throw it in here before we get to the interviews. Sarah Logan. She got a big Nordic back tattoo. Uh, the back tattoo is a Finrer, also called, <laughs> I'm going to blow this one, Finruslifer, a monstrous wolf of Norse mythology. It looks like the piece was done at the Sacred Knot Tattoo Company in North Wales, which I was just hearing about whales last night because uh, my girlfriend Liz and I were watching The Crown right now. Great program. If I don't know if you've checked out The Crown. Uh, Sarah Logan's credit, she, uh, she's gotten in tremendous shape in the last like six months. She, if you take a look at her, if you, you, know, if you see her in action or you know, look at her social media, um, not that she was ever like not in shape, but she has really trimmed and toned it up. And I think this is just another, another good visual element to uh, her look. She's got a, she's got a look to her as well that you can uh, uh, really do a lot of things with. And, she, and oh, by the way, she can also work in the ring, which is always a plus. My guest at this time is a legendary pro wrestling announcer. He presents the biggest pro wrestling event of the decade for Puerto Rico fight forever, fight forever tribute to Brett, the Hitman Hart on Saturday, November 23rd. It's Hugo Savinovich. Hugo, thank you so much for taking the time to chat today. Hugo, 
Well, that's a little bit of play-by-play in Spanish. That is the passion that governs my everyday life. This is what I love to do. Ugh. And thank you for inviting me and chatting with your audience. Ugh, I literally gave you a standing applause, Hugo. I got up out of my seat. <laughs> oh, I've done a lot of interviews in my life, Hugo. I don't know that anybody has come out of the gate with the kind of energy that you have right now. It's incredible to hear you in such spirits, man. Thank you so much for coming on Thank here today. You. Thank wow. you. And I'm going through a tough time. I lost last week yeah. my wife, I know. Uh, my sister, and I still, I just returned a few, maybe not even a few hours from Mexico. I was doing live Twitch last night from Mexico with AAA. Uh, and, uh, and then we record for Space TV and... Here I am, and I have a few hours here, and then I head to Puerto Rico to do the promotion and have a Fight Forever ready. Wow. Uh, welcome, Brett, and RBD. I'm so excited because there's 10 super matches. Uh, we have Rush, the world uh, uh, Ring of Honor champion, yeah. against Mecha Wolf. We got the Diablo Killer Cross against uh, Brian Cage. We got the Goddesses of the Ring, Katie Forbes, Camille Brickhouse, Eva Lee, Carissa Rivera, Teddy Hart. The Legends of Mexico, Blue Demon, L.A. Park. Damn. So you name it, we have it. Dream matches uh, with a beautiful production and giving the fans the opportunity of just seeing dream matches this Saturday in Puerto Rico. Well, that's awesome. And so what brought Bret Hart back to Puerto Rico for the first time in 20 years? How did you convince him to come down and do the show? Yeah, because I just told him the truth. <laughs> I said, you know that the fans love you. You know, I'm doing this great show. Last year, we, we did a tribute to Messias, and uh, I, I, wanted, I wanted to do that with you because, first of all, uh, you were so great to the Latino wrestlers in WWF. Uh, Sabio Vega, one of them, and uh, Brent is good to everybody. Japanese, he don't care. He's, a, he's just a good, solid person. So I said, listen, the fans love it. I, I started talking to the Puerto Rican fans, and I said, what, what do you think I should do for the tribute? And more people were mentioning that, and I do. I, my thing and my success in over 40 years of wrestling career, my first year I, I, did, uh, I, I did the creative part with Vince, Pat Patterson, and Bruce Pritchard, and I've done successful business uh, all over the world. It's because I listen to the fans. I believe that, that if you listen to the fans and you give them a good product, and you pay the talent, you know, good money, have them in good hotels, treat them with respect. It's going to be an adventure uh, for fans and wrestlers to create the atmosphere of a, of a great show. And Brent agreed. He, he was like a lot of bookings and stuff like that that he does. But uh, I explained to him what I want to do and have the opportunity I'm creating for that event. Besides the poster that we gave of the event, I'm also including a special poster of Brett for the event and uh, his son is traveling with him, and this is this is huge. It's it's not a stunt. It's people that know me know that I do things uh, that I feel in my heart, and uh, he deserves it. He wrestled with me in Puerto Rico, one of his first international uh, uh, trips. It was a Smith Hart and Bret Hart against Cowboy Frankie Williams and myself. Remember Cowboy Frankie Williams? He was hit with uh, in that Roddy Piper, the Piper spit. There was like two segments that were famous. The coconut one with Snuka and then what he did to Cowboy Frankie Williams. Well, uh, him and me were tag team against the uh, Hard Brothers. So I said, hey, this is the right time to do this for a legend of a wrestler and, yeah. and somebody that I really respect. So I'm very, very excited about it. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> before I move on, I wanted to bring up, you know, when I think of Bret Hart, a lot of people think about, you know, his big title runs, but there's also the Montreal Screwjob. And I did my research and, like, 
You were ringside that night, were you not? Were you not ringside uh, the night of Survivor Series yeah. on Spanish commentary? Yes. Okay. Talk. We were shocked. We were shocked like hell because we're doing the passionate narrating. Carlos, uh, the voice, La Voz Cabrera, and Hugo Sobinovich are doing Spanish, and this happens. And as you know, and nobody knew. So when this thing happened, and they, then we saw that he spit at Vince, and then he destroyed our table. Yeah. He, yeah, he destroyed the, he was, he was so upset, so furious. Carlos and I were in shock about, you know, what did happen there. So it, it was like, whoa, what the heck just happened? And we were there. Yeah. How was it backstage after that? Did you, I mean, a lot of people said they left real quickly. What, what, what were your memories of that night when, when Brett was infamously I, screwed over in Montreal? It was a, it, yeah, it was, it was like a commotion. Like, whatever happened didn't last too long in the background. And we found out that uh, Shane got in the middle and that he also injured his ankle or something like that. And this was not a scripted story. And then we started to find out that, you know, that this thing uh, was uh, kept uh, like really heavy secret. And now things were uh, in a very delicate situation because still back then, back then you didn't see like, scandals now that break in three seconds on the internet and all that so that was huge and i think it's still big big news of of uh having that that kind of a uh, of an ending to a match uh where uh one of the biggest stars in our business was uh, shocked and uh, and robbed of the title in front of his fans regardless of how predictable our outcomes are he was really really surprised that 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 night in montreal yeah and do you so i mean that's the thing you know everybody has opinions on it some people think it was on the level some people think they were all in on it you know you were there some time has passed do you think that brett and vince were in on the montreal screw job together no not at all okay. this this was uh a decision that vince took remember that i was also involved in wrestle night wrestlemania 19 where uh Hulk Hogan hits me with a chair. Yeah. And and I could tell you, you could count in your fingers that people knew about that. Stone Cold said to me, he was with Booker T uh, watching, and, and he was saying to Book, he was saying, oh, he was in the middle. Because as a professional, you you know that the announcer should not be there. So he was like in shock too because, oh, my, he was telling Book, he was in the middle. This is not good. He was in the middle. So when everything happened, then they realized, wow, this was like something unique that happened in WrestleMania 19 that people didn't know about it. And I think that was the case with the Montreal Screw Job. It was a decision. Vince had uh, secured a good contract for Brett of over $8 million or more with Bishop and Ted Turner. And uh, what he wanted was a different outcome than, than Vince uh, accepting that the next day he was going to, Brett was going to relinquish the title. It was so, so, so deep, you know, that I think that uh, it was uh, such a very delicate, uh, delicate situation. Also, you got Brett in his homeland, his country, which is like, like, you know, sacred for, for people. He's a true professional. And, and trust me, I don't think that even with the years gone by, I don't think that you could forget something like that. Okay, you say, okay, it happened. But, you know, when you talk about it, I, I believe that it still hurts. Yeah, wait, I wanted to slow down here real fast. You, you mentioned something in passing there real quick where you said Vince, did you say Vince helped Brett secure his WCW contract with Bischoff? Did I hear that right? Yes, because remember that, that the whole thing was 
uh, the contract was up with bread, and if the contract was not ended, it would renew itself automatically. Uh, Vince did not have the money that he has now. If Vince would have had the money that he has now and, and you know, competing against a Ted Turner that was just putting out millions to Eric Bishop so he could buy whatever talent, uh, you know, the mind of Ted Turner was a predator. Right. You know, any news company that was going to be competition, he would buy it, destroy it, and make a parking lot out of it. So that mentality was, uh, you know, that was the whole thing. So yeah. they didn't have the money to fight him with money. So he he invented he reinvented uh, characters and uh, invented his own character, yeah. Mr. McMahon. But by doing that, uh, you know, Ted Turner and Bishop had to agree on giving him Bret Hart at the time uh, a huge contract. So in a lot of ways, I believe that was the case. Huh. You know, by by Vince doing that, he was giving him uh, the opportunity of making more money. Of course, we did not know that he was going to have that, you know, incident where uh, Goldberg injured him and, and took him out right. of uh, a, a millionaire, a super millionaire career. That was another fact that you have to take on consideration. What would have happened if Brett uh, did not get like injured uh, with, with that uh, 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 fatal hit by, by Goldberg that he recently spoke about it. So yeah. it, it's bigger than just the Montreal screw job, because remember, we're talking about, Vince McMahon and the legendary Bret the Hitman Hart. Yeah. It ain't going to get bigger than that. Those two gentlemen, they are news on its own. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, of course, uh, Hugo, you know, we talk about the Montreal Screwjob, a lot of controversy around that. You have recently found yourself in the middle of other controversy as of late, Hugo. And uh, before we kind of get into it a little bit here, I wanted to ask, you know, how are you holding up? You know, you talk about, you know, unfortunately your wife passing away just recently, and now you find yourself in the middle of this kind of hurricane News-wise, with the WWE Saudi travel stuff, how are you holding up? How has it affected you being in, being involved in all this? Uh, well, I I don't like to be the center. I like to I like to bring, you know, good reporting. Uh, I, like I said, like right now, um, my page we are we are we just finished promoting their show in Puerto Rico. Yeah. And uh, now the one in, in Mexico. I am totally neutral. I love this business. I have nothing against any company. I blessed the McMahon family. They were they were my family for many years, but I am not a page that belongs to AAA, AEW, or WWE. We are we are independent, and we're gonna call it as it is. And unfortunately, something happened that you know that, that it was uh, uh, it was huge. And uh, even the Young Bucks recently did a parody about it. But because uh, it was Hugo Sabinovich, you know, bringing the news, it did hit big and and uh, you know i'm just happy that no you know nothing really bad happened but i believe that that we are talking about uh, millions of dollars and who knows if uh saudi arabia or disney or one of these at&t companies somebody uh, with that kind of money and need for uh programming and and, and vince has so much to offer on on programming and all the, the stuff that he has bought yeah. that, you know, the, the market is about $8 billion. If he was to sell right now, and this is the first time that it's really uh, been commenting as Vince, you know, with the XFL starting and all of this, that it might happen. So uh, it, it, this situation got very delicate and I had the, I had this scoop even before uh, when it was really happening, but because they were, they were still there. 
I never said anything till they had two calls from that area. I will never do anything just to get a like or just to say, hey, I was the first one that said it. Like last night, I was with Conan yeah. and, uh, and Taya coming back from uh, uh, Juarez to El Paso. Sure. And I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff. Uh, Taya is married to Johnny Mundo. I know the whole scoop from that, but I will not talk about it like that because it's not good for Johnny Mundo. It's not good for Taya. It is not good for whoever, you know, whatever it's going to happen. So I am not going to sell out for a like. Okay. And, uh, and a lot of the things that happen, I keep my mouth shut. Deal is the right time. But this was not to get likes or to get uh, an audience talking about me. I don't like people to talk about me. I like them to talk about the good things that are happening in wrestling and the productions that I do. Yeah. And the telecast I'm doing with AAA when I do pay-per-views for AEW. So I don't like to be the center. I like to contribute to make the fans get passionate about wrestling. Okay. And so that's the, that's why. I guess that's, that's something people have asked about is, you know, what was the motivation behind you letting this out? And you're saying that you just wanted to satiate passionate wrestling fans with the, with a big story you knew they were going to be talking about sooner yeah. than later anyway. And, that... to, and, and, and to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. That was, that was the main focus. Like, uh, you cannot keep things like this secret. And I understand it's very delicate. But, you know, I, I believe that, that this will help to ensure that things like that will not happen again. Well, and your story has, your original story that you put out has somewhat differed from, like, some of the facts that have come out after the case. Has, has your opinion changed on the original story that you said? Is there anything that's come up that's made you say, well, this part was wrong, this is a more accurate story that I'm being told here? Or do you stand by your original statements about what's going on? It is so delicate because there's people that could be affected that I, 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 I haven't changed my story. I did not do that to profit uh, on it or anything like that. It was very delicate. When, yeah. when you see a Twitter uh, posting by the wife of one of the wrestlers and you see comments from the guys that are, are, are right there when it's happening and you, you, know, you, you, you make your own judgment on the story. And then you'd see the parody by the Young Bucks, you know, and other people that have dared to come out uh, and say it. You know, it's a very delicate situation. But, you know, I am not afraid of WWE. I'm not afraid of AEW or AAA. I, I love to do things the right way. And that's why I decided not to really comment anymore on sure. it because of the fact that there's so many people that could uh, – that could suffer because of this. So, so I know even more. And uh, just like I mentioned to you uh, last night, I had a, such a beautiful conversation with Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And I did, co I did cover some of that on the, on the, uh, on the report that I did on, on, on Lucha Libre Online. But uh, I hear things and they talk to me from their heart. And I will never, I will never come out and say those things if it would affect them financially or, or as a human being or their families, no, I'm, 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 I'm strictly a professional that said I want to do uh, Lucha Libre Online uh, yeah. to do lives and stuff like that to get people to love wrestling. I want them to watch more WWE. I want them to support AEW. I want, I want them to, to, to check what we're doing in AAA. But I'm going to do it the right way. And I'm going to let nobody... Uh, control me. I yeah. mean, I didn't. I didn't let that happen before, 
And, uh, you know, I did 20 years of, of, of being a wrestler in the times where you have to fight in countries to make you as a wrestler. I ain't going to be afraid of, of, of nobody, but I will be respectful and I will never do anything just to benefit my page or myself uh, for creating things that are not good for the business. Let's talk about AEW real quick. So uh, the announcement came out that you were signed with AEW as a broadcaster. Is that still the case? Are you, are you going to be doing more with AEW here coming up? Yeah, okay. My contract is with Space TV, which just happens to be Turner Broadcasting System. Okay. And I am signed with AAA to do uh, what I do. There are shows that are, uh, are on Twitch, and they are recorded to Space TV. Space TV is huge in Latin America, uh, obviously in Mexico too. It's like an HBO in Espanol that has UFC fights. It has the, like the big uh, boxing fights and good movies. But they never had Lucha Libre, and uh, they loved it, and we are another year doing that. So that's my contract. But because it's an alliance, uh, uh, I could do stuff with them. Got it. Uh, Got but it. like like AAA – AAA and Space TV has to approve it, just like when when we had Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, MJF, and uh, Kenny Omega, as a matter of fact, is our mega champion yeah, yeah. in our storyline of AAA. So it's a big family. They talk about it, and they make the decisions. Obviously, the eight that just passed uh, while that pay-per-view was happening, full gear. I was doing live TV in Mexico, so, you know, prioritizing, it's always going to be the in an alliance deal, and that's why I was doing AAA. But I love Cody. I, I, I really like and respect Tony Khan. And I, I guess you know that the Young Bucks have worked for me before and also Kenny Omega. And I know most of the guys there, and they're beautiful people. They're passionate. And, hey, by them being here, we who love wrestling are going to have a better, better product all over because uh, with them being here, it just forces everybody to do better. Man, uh, well, I, I wanted uh, last topic here. I wanted to bring up, you know, down at AAA, a, a name, a, a person who caught me uh, by surprise was Kane Velasquez. Man, watching some of the work he did down there, the way that he, you know, a lot of the MMA guys they go the ground and pound route. I, I really applaud Kane for going out and trying to become a luchador and donning the hood. What did you think of the work Kane did down there, and what do you think of the his decision to sign with WWE over other promotions? Wow. Just doing, I did for four days. I did the publicity for Invent in New York with his agent Mike and him. Uh, Cain Velasquez, it reminds me of a Rey Mysterio. A heart of gold, not a, an egotistic person. Uh, and these are guys that have accomplished so much. Getting back to Cain Velasquez, he was so beautiful. The people in the street, he would stop and sign autographs with them. Uh, uh, his wife, his kids. They loved to see him with the lucha. Uh, they were in the triple mania, and he was he was excited about what he did. His agent, his wife, he's got a beautiful family, and he put a lot of work to not just get the money. The money is good, but he went in there to really represent his people, and he did excellent. He keeps training. He's gonna get better. He has a situation with one of his knees, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy has the potential of being huge because he has, well, like you mentioned, uh, he has the ability to do aerial stuff and, and mix the, the, the attack of an of a MMA fighter yeah. with the luchador mm. and also with the American school that he's also learning. 
So you have the potential of having one legit warrior of domination of UFC and of our business, and it could not happen to a, to a nicer guy. He is for the business, and I just hope that, that uh, WWE does the right thing with him because, you know, they have something huge here, and I'm very proud of what we did with AAA uh, in Mexico, Triple Mania. And even Triple H mentioned that that's you know that's where they saw him you know when they were impressed yeah and also the the event that we did at the Hula Theater at the Garden the fans were really impressed because one thing is to see it on Triple Mania another thing is to see it like live right there and the fans came up to me and they said listen great show never expected to see <laughs> that much quality from Caim Velasquez because like you said usually they just do their own style and maybe one move and that's it. This yeah. guy is pure gold. Yeah, I agree. All right, last, last, last question. Sorry, I have to ask you, Hugo, since you are so synonymous with the WWE Spanish announce table, why is that the table that always gets broken first? How did this tradition get started? <laughs> why Why does WWE hate the Spanish announce table so much? Yeah, I I, I, I believe that it was, it was the opposite. Okay. I think they brought it in just as a storyline, and the fans... Loved it. I, I, remember that, uh, what was the name of that uh, show, the cartoon? We were like the Kennys of the park. What was that cartoon park? South Park? park? Uh, South park? The, guy that yeah. Yeah, the, the guy that kept always getting, getting like, killed. You're kidding. We, yeah. we, were, we, we were that. And the fans <laughs> loved it. And the wrestlers would do crazy things around, a t around our table that was not even on, on the storyline. <laughs> they would love to just... They would love to just shock the hell out of Carlos. I mean, they loved it. You could do whatever with the Jim Ross and, and the King, but it never got the pop as when they destroyed our table. <laughs> we got injured a couple of times. What? What, I mean, the finger uh, of uh, my nose. Uh, it was crazy stuff. China all over our face. The Undertaker with 300 pounds just landing on me. Mick Foley punching me in San Antonio. Shawn Michaels out of nowhere. It was winter. He just took my boot. I think he was working against Triple H or something. And he took, he stole my boot in winter. And then after he hit, I think Triple H, I'm not sure. I think it was it Diesel. Was at, that, was Diesel. that was Diesel. It was at the Alamodone. Yeah. Yeah, it was at the Alamodone. And he hit whoever he hit. And then he threw the boot to the crowd. Yeah. So I had to do a big press conference. We leave in a shuttle plane with Vince. And I'm in the snow walking with one boot. Cowboy boot and the socks. So it was, it was, it was crazy. I loved it. Uh, I think it brought, it brought, it brought the fans to enjoy it. Wow, Hugo, you are the man. I really hope we get to chat again down the road some sometime. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Again, uh, fight forever. Tribute to Brett the Hitman Hart. It's going down this Saturday night, November twenty third in Puerto Rico. Hugo, uh, send us home. What would you like to tell the fans about this event? And why they should come out here to this Saturday night? It's a crazy atmosphere. We don't tell the fans you're going to be stuck with three of the guys in the meet and greet like other companies do. We put everybody out there. <laughs> so you have the opportunity of autographs, special posters created for the event of the event, and a Bret Hart poster. We have the, like from the goddesses of the ring to the RBDs, Mr. Kennedy's down there, Teddy Hart, the legends of Mexico, Leon Park, Blue Demon. Uh, obviously, when, when you mentioned this big star, uh, it's very hard to have a Rush and a Brian Cage all there signing autographs. We have all of them. It's a, it's a fiesta of wrestling with the love and passion that, that people know that 
I am for real. This has never been just about Ugo doing this. It's about, this is what I love since I was five years old and I fell in love in Ecuador uh, of the wrestling. And now I have the privilege of uh, doing this uh, tribute to Brett the Hitman Hart in Puerto Rico with RBD's first match, 10 matches, one including uh, tables, uh, ladders and chairs. And it's going to be awesome. Dream matches and come down and have a great time. How are you? Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us. I uh, feel like it's been a while since we've done one of these, but it really hasn't been that long. I suppose it's just been extra busy and uh, makes it seem longer. But um, it's an exciting time, as always, for NXT. The uh, the show on USA now, two hours live every week, um, I think has, has gone incredibly well for us. I'm happy with the... The shows, the performances, the way everybody stepped up to live television, it's a big transition, um, the way everybody stepped up to it and, and um, the product that we're putting out with, I'm thrilled. Um, I think this weekend is a very uh, busy and, you know, in some ways a, a completely different but an incredible challenge for the talent down here um, in NXT. Not only will they have the show live tonight, but then uh, obviously SmackDown on Friday, which I'm sure we'll have some involvement in. War Games on Saturday, which in and of itself is a massive event, and I I believe with the card that we have, must see. And then Survivor Series the next night, everybody kind of working double, triple duty on this, uh, but in a a manner that is just sort of unprecedented for NXT, being able to step into Raw and SmackDown, being able to step into Survivor Series and prove their worth against everybody on that entire roster. So um, it's an exciting time. Tonight's show uh, here at Full Sail on USA Network will be, um, I think, one of the, the best shows we've ever done, just based on the fact alone that uh, we have confirmed the revival versus the undisputed era of what for me, for many, I think is a sort of a dream tag match. Um, but I know for me, certainly I can't wait to watch that go down. Um, that's going to be incredible and epic. I'm sure if those talent do what they've done in the past, all of them, uh, should be tough to surpass that. And then leading into war games, you have a ladder match between Dominic Dijakovic and Adam Cole, Cole, who is on, arguably one of the best roles of anybody ever uh, right now with everything that he has been doing and representing NXT with Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins and everything else that has happened. Um, That ladder match to determine who gets the advantage at war games. So the show is off to an epic start and just, you know, uh, Monday night opening up the, the doors, so to speak to NXT and allowing everybody to the freedom to come here and, and uh, kind of make their mark. I've talked to a lot of people. There's a lot of people on their way, especially top people that I think a lot of people won't expect to necessarily be a part of this um, are on their way here tonight. And uh, it, should, uh, it should make for an epic, uh, kind of unpredictable, crazy, wild, and uh, exciting show. So with that, I'll open it up to everybody here and calls. All right, guys, usual rules apply. One question, one follow-up, please. Thank you. Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please signal by pressing star 1 on your telephone keypad. If you 
speakerphone, please make sure your mute function is turned off to allow your signal to reach our equipment. Again, please press star 1. As a reminder, that is one question and one follow-up. And we'll take our first question from Brian Fritz with Sporting News. The new hey, mic Paul. Down. So, uh, Get in early. Hey, Brian. <laughs> i got to shut that guy out. Come on. Uh, <laughs> so, it's competitive now. It's, it's the phone call it wars. You guys are, yeah. You, you have no idea what happens behind the scenes even, too. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Survivor Series, obviously, is a specialized show, but what is the plan, if any, for having NXT talent on future WWE pay-per-views going forward? I don't think that's the intent. You know, I think the intent is to, um, and not, not that it won't happen, certainly, ever. I think that, that's clear. Never say never here. As soon as you say never here, uh, we do it. But... Um, the intent is for NXT to be what it's been and be its own standalone brand, be in, uh, something different, a different feel, different texture um, than Raw and SmackDown, who hopefully will have their own different feels and textures as their own individual brands. Um, and, and this is no different. This is a moment in time. Survivor Series, I think, becoming that one time a year maybe where all these brands can get in the same place, same time, and go against each other. I think that the, the split should be more defined after uh, Sunday, but I think it's a great opportunity for everybody to show on the NXT side anyways, that especially for, you know, maybe, maybe some of the fan base that hasn't had a chance to check it out yet, uh, what they're missing and show that they can hang on that level with everybody. I mean, when you, when you look across the board, first of all, when I look across the board at, at Raw and SmackDown, I say like the, some of the most exciting and um, invigorating sort of things in the last few weeks have been the inclusion of NXT and and that talent base. Um, it certainly played out on that first episode when we had travel issues. Um, you know, and I think it's been consistently since then some of the, the exciting and, and great parts of the show. But I think it's a, a, a time for them to step up now. And when you get to Survivor Series, you look at some of the biggest matches on that card, and I think part of the inclusion of NXT is what makes them feel so big. Having the Undisputed in that triple threat tag match, having uh, Roderick Strong in there with, uh, with, the, uh, with Shinsuke and AJ, like th those, those matches feel bigger because of them. Uh, to me, the Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler, Bailey match, you take Shane out of that equation, the dynamic changes. Uh, you put her in that equation, and that's must-see. So uh, that inclusion, I think, is very strong. I think you have to only you have to be judicious with how you do that. Otherwise, it just becomes more of the same. So uh, having the occasion when those things can happen, um, if, if you're judicious with it, then it is super meaningful. And what's the update on, on Johnny Gargano and his health? Is there any kind of uh, timetable for his return? You know, day by day right now, I'm, I'm hoping it's soon. He's hoping it's soon. This is a uh, guy, I can't even tell you how many takeovers in a row that he did. And, and like, he is just gutted missing this one. I'm gutted for him. Um, you know, th this would have been a, an epic match and, and a big moment with him and Balor. Uh, but it is what it is. And, He's sort of day-to-day -day right now. It kind of goes by how he feels. There, there's, there's nothing there that is like a, a structurally concerning or anything like that, but it's just a, it's a, a management of the symptoms and, and trying to get him past all that. So um, that really that's, that, that's the update. Is it's day-to-day, it's -day, but hopefully it won't be too, too long. Gotcha. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you.
And we'll take our next question from Mike Johnson with PW Insider. Uh, hey, Mike. So you're not, you're not first, you're last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I'll get Fritz next time. Um, one of the interesting things about the last couple of weeks is that you've had the inter, the tri-branded build to Survivor Series. I wanted to ask you, what's the tug of war like between the NXT creative team and Raw and SmackDown creative teams when all this is being put together? How much of a voice, obviously you have a major voice in everything, but how much of a voice does the NXT creative team have as all this is being built so nothing that is happening in the Survivor Series build is cannibalizing or compromising the build to war games? Yeah, look, part of the creative team down here, like I, you know, I got me, I got Sean, I got Road Dog. I'll put that up against Heyman and Bruce Pritchard. You know, if we have to go in the office and crack some heads, we're good. Uh, we, you know, we can get what we need done. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, a, a working. You know, there's a collaboration there, and it's a working process. And and uh, in in a way, look, some of this was planned, and some of this was like the nice. You know, you stumble upon something really cool, right? Out of chaos. I always had a. The, anytime something happens where there's some chaos around stuff, to me, I always feel like it's when the best stuff happens. It's epic, and you end up creating greatness out of that. So this isn't one of those situations, and I think everybody's been kind of trying to feel it along. But you know, there, there's no real. Um, it's it's a funny thing when you're on the outside looking into it. You can read into it, say the egos of this, egos of that. No one wants their brand to look bad, whatever. It's it's not about that at all. We've just all been kind of on the same page of, hey, let's make this happen. And and you know, you also have to work around the availability of who's there, who can be there, who can't be there. So it's been a collaborative process, but it's been really fun, and and uh, really great to do. And and you, what's been challenging about it is sort of under the guise of live television and even, you know, you get to Monday night and it's three hours. And as you guys know, and you love to report on things change last second um, on raw. When, when you get, you can't really, you can't really fully bake Wednesday until you've gotten to the end of Monday because a change is a domino and it just rolls down. You know, you tap the domino over and everything else falls and you got to start over. So you can tentpole things out um, in this case, for the Wednesday, but then you really have to to see what happens on the Wednesday, and it do, does stuff go the way you thought it was gonna? Is it does it end up the way you thought it was gonna? And then what are those changes? So it's it's been a fun collaborative process and exciting at the same time because you're kind of a little bit going by the seat of your pants to try to make it all happen. But to me, I always feel like that's that's when some of the coolest stuff happens. All right, and then uh, I want to actually ask you about the NXT TV show. You guys have been. Uh, on USA Network about eight weeks now. What do you think has been the biggest learning curve for the entire NXT team, and what's been the maybe some of the stuff that we don't see in front of the camera that you felt had to be smoothed out over the course of the last eight weeks as everyone gets into the new groove? Um, what's been pleasantly surprising for me and, and exciting is our talent, and by that I mean in-ring talent, have just sort of seamlessly made this transition to live. There, there's a there's a big difference between live and you know hitting time cues and you know for us and and kind of knowing that this was coming. That's stuff that we've been working on a lot and we work on all the time because you know you have that with Raw and SmackDown and if guys are drafted or whatever or girls are drafted they have to have that skill set. So it's something we work on all the time. But to see it happen live, um, to see that transition and the smoothness of it happening. Um, 
I, I feel like I'm jinxing myself but saying it, but we haven't had a show yet where, um, we, you know, I've been like, ah, man, we really missed that, that commercial break spot or we really missed this or we really missed that. And understanding also that on NXT on Wednesdays, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're not running with the same crew. And I mean that from every standpoint, from producers to directors to every single thing behind the scenes. We're not running with the crew that is constantly doing this live with Raw and SmackDown a lot. We're doing it with teams that are, and I, and I actually like this about it, but we're doing it a lot of times with teams that are still cutting their teeth on live product and doing this. So we're all kind of learning this together. Um, but it's been a fun process, and it's been super collaborative and on everybody's part, but also kind of um, stepping into the the detail of what you get number-wise and seeing how things transition differently for NXT than they do for Raw and SmackDown. So when you're going segment to segment, when you're coming out of commercial breaks, when you're coming back into commercial breaks, different things like that to, to see how the audience reacts. And funny, a lot of ways, the same audience and similar people, but they react differently to the different shows. Um, and that's been a learning curve for us, which which is an exciting learning curve because it's it's kind of allowing you to d dig deeper into how people consume the product, which is really at the end of the day what we do. And, you know, I think that that, is, that changes globally depending on the market you're in, but it's interesting to see it changing here as well. And we'll take our next question from Martin Hoffman with Sport One. Hey, Martin. Hello, Paul. Um, how you doing? Good, man. Yourself? Very well. Um, uh, one section that also came in, at the NXT uh, SmackDown Raw War was Imperium, uh, who were mainstays at uh, NXT UK. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit something about how that um, deal uh, came about, who made that call to bring them in uh, during the UK shows, and uh, how was it received, uh, the, the things they've done there? It, it was incredibly well received, both from a, a fan point of view and from an internal WWE point of view. Um, it was a suggestion that I had made that, look, uh, when, when you talk about this moment in time of Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT and everybody's going overseas, but NXT, we're not, you know, not like we're looking to fly the entire roster over there for a show and then bring them right back. And it, so it, it, there was, there was a lot of, so what do we do with this? And my point was, well, NXT's got tentacles everywhere, right? So we're in the UK, so let's get the UK involved in this and let's get um, get them some exposure as well. The intent of still growing that brand, of growing that uh, NXT UK and, and all through Europe and, and making that bigger. They knocked it out of the park. Walter, that whole crew. Um, you know, and they're all big stars. And, and to me, they will all make an impact all of them, they're on the ground floor of, of creating something new. But again, like we did with NXT, I don't want it to happen where it's this massive uh, go forward rush and then it burns out. It, it needs to be a, a long play. It needs to grassroots and it needs to build. And that's what we're doing with it. And I'm really excited where the project is. Um, to, to me, uh, there's a team that's over there and, and I know that you know about some of the people that are working on this show from Jim Smallman um, and the crew 
there to, you know, Sean going over there, Sean Michaels, and, and sort of taking a, a, a chief role within that product itself. And it shows. And the product is exceptionally good, I think. And um, their inclusion in Raw and SmackDown in this Build to Survivor series is proof of that because they all look like they belong. They all look like they should hang. They didn't look like they were out of place. Um, and, and that's really the goal is, is creating this all and building it up one step at a time. Very well. Um, well, one thing that also interests me, uh, the uh, the one who isn't already part of Imperium, might be in the future, uh, Ilya Dragunov. Um, what can you say about his progress during in the NXT, NXT UK uh, universe? Yeah, he's amazing. Um, I think he's a, he's a phenomenal talent. I think um, you saw it when we had Cesaro over there. And, mm. uh, and they worked like, I mean... He's he's a he's an incredible performer. He's got a bright future, um, and I, I look forward to working with him more and more. And, and you know, for a lot of the talent there, Dragonov's a little bit different because, and, and as with Walter, they've had a bit of more training with WXW over there, and 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 part of that process. Um, but for a lot of these guys over there, they didn't have the deep level, especially of television training that a lot of other people have. So their transition to jumping right into that. And, and there's a tremendous difference. So them jumping into that with both feet, but, but being a sponge and being so successful at it um, so quickly is awesome to see. I'm, I'm proud of all of them, and I think they have, all have amazing futures. Thank you very much. And we'll take our next question from Alex McCarthy with TalkSport. Hey, Alex. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, okay, Paul. I'm good. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you very much. Um, the first thing I wanted to talk about, you know, when we sat down together in Cardiff um, and had a chat and we were talking about you potentially being in the ring for NXT, it would seem like the stars might have aligned in some people's eyes with um, the Survivor Series and things like that. Um, you know, there's still some matches and teams to be fleshed out for Sunday. Has has that idea been kicked about at all? Um And, and is that something where, if it was going to be any time, would, would that have made more sense to you? Could, could you repeat something? I missed a little bit of that question. I'm sorry. I was just saying that um, as far as Sunday goes, you know, when we spoke in Cardiff, you said that you didn't really want to uh, perform uh, in NXT or under that umbrella, but uh, has that idea been kicked about at all for Survivor Series? Because it would make a degree of sense of course, uh, representing that brand like you do. Oh, yeah, I you right. So you're asking about me as a performer. I'm sorry, God, that was where I was losing the question there. Yeah, no, I have no interest in that. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I have zero interest in that. Um, matter of fact, if somebody uh, came to me right now and said, hey, you should take that spot, I would, uh, I would fight that vigorously. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need to be a part of this. NXT is about youth. NXT is about the future. Um, it's about... Uh, Uh, you know the the success of of an, a new generation of star. If 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 ever there's a moment that you can add to that and help that get to another level, obviously you want to do everything you can to make it happen. But for me, in this moment, it's it's about others. I want them to shine on this stage. I want them to have this moment. And um, I, I know that at at War Games, um, there's an open slot on the Champa team. Uh, 
that's going to be uh, a day of when people find out, I believe. But uh, it's going to be epic, and um, people will be very excited. Also, that. Um, the other thing that I'm very excited about, of course, is the news of NXT UK returning to Blackpool in January. I was at the last show. It was tremendous. Um, can I just ask, is this going forward going to be an annual thing, um, Blackpool in January, and why the move to a Sunday? Um, so that was an internal decision um, within WWE of moving it to a Sunday. There were some business uh, reasons and determinations that were made for moving it to a Sunday. Um, wasn't necessarily a choice. Uh, I, to be honest, I wasn't involved in the choice of that. I was we had options of days and uh, internally for the network reasons, it was determined that Sunday was a better shot. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to be going back to Blackpool. I'm thrilled to be um, getting back there for a takeover. You know, I know, I know there's a lot of clamoring for different things in not just the UK, but internationally. And uh, a lot of that is happening. It's just behind the scenes that there's a lot of movement happening and, um, people will read into that and try to make it bigger than, than I actually mean it. But um, there's a lot of movement, and we're looking to uh, come into those markets more. We're looking to come to the U.K. more. I'm, I'm looking at making the NXT brand in the U.K. as big as the NXT, uh, you know, the overall NXT show here is in the U.S., um, and, and doing that in other places as well. So it, it, internationally, there's a lot of growth. Blackpool has been awesome for us. Um, the fans there are intense and loud. It's an amazing building, um, as is, there are so many of them over there. But uh, I, I look forward to being there, and I look forward to the, the you know watching those guys tear it up. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. And we'll take our next question from Jason Powell with ProWrestling.net. Hey, good morning. Hey, Jason. Hey, it's it's no secret some guys have asked for their releases, and there's usually a couple of ways of handling that. Some would say if they're not happy, let them walk. For the most part, you guys have chosen to enforce the contracts. Can you talk about the strategy of doing that? Yeah, look, I think for – it's a tough – so uh, there's a lot of times when a lot of this, for some talent, some of it is legit, some of it in a moment of time um, – I think when you get to the bottom of it, like I don't understand people airing. If if you have an issue, talk to us. If you think, oh, you know what, I'm going to go put that on the media, that's not a way to go about doing your business. If I had a complaint with a talent, I don't go on Twitter and complain to them. I speak to them. Um, so I've never understood that uh, that process if it's legit. Now, there are a lot of people out there just getting clicks, I know you guys can understand that. Um, <laughs> let's let's throw a headline on something. Let's let, hey, watch this. I'm going to break the internet. Click, right? Um, <laughs> I watch guys do it all the time. Uh, I, I watch guys do it all the time. Sometimes I wish they wouldn't. Sometimes they just think it's funny, right? Like uh, there's a moment in time where they hit something and it gets them a ton of buzz, and they go, "Yeah, I'm just just messing with people." You know, it, it is what it is. Um, you let people say what they got to say. But for us, as far as um, th there's there's also a lot of talent that, 
There, I think there are moments in time when things happen, people get frustrated, they say some stuff. Uh, it's like any long-term relationship. You say some stuff, you later, like, I don't want to see you anymore. And then you come back a few minutes later, I, I was just mad at the moment, and like, of course I want to stay in this relationship. And, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? Um, so, but I, it, there's a silliness to it. To me, there's a, a maturity issue of, it's not how you handle business. Anybody that's out there that is serious about it, that's talking on the internet, like that, that ain't the place to do it. We all have phones, we all have cell phones, we all have, you know, you meet, you you, you handle your business like a professional. There, there is a, everybody likes to think we don't like to stick to the word and everybody wants to say professional wrestling. It's a key word in the front of that, professional. That's what we're trying to change about the business and make people more professional. Also, uh, Tommaso Ciampa uh, was interviewed by Brian Fritz about his recovery from surgery, and, and he had an interesting line saying that everyone yeah. under, understands that if the option is to wrestle 200 times in one year or wrestle 40 times over five years, then it's a simple choice. Can you tell us what the plan actually is for him and just how often he's able to wrestle? Look, right, and so with anybody's health when they've had significant issues, then you become uh, much more closely monitored, right? And um, it's a moment of seeing how he feels, seeing how his recovery is, seeing how his health is, him working to change maybe some of the things in his style, and, and not necessarily him. He's not like the the craziest, um, you know, risk-taking stunt guy out there, but um, there's a certain point in time we have to monitor that. Look, when when you go to the internet and you start to talk about all the people out there chattering about medical this, medical that, 90% of them don't have a clue what they're talking about. I'll put our medical system up against anything in the world. I'll put ours up against any sport in the world, our medical and our wellness. Um, it's what we're here for. We have one commodity, that's our talent. We're looking out for the best of their health, but it's a physical business. So when guys get injured, when girls get injured, we take them uh, the best care of them possible. We get them to the best doctors. We get them the best rehab, and we get them back um, if that's their choice to do. The, depending on the schedule they can handle, depending on what they want to do, depending on how much they want to be out there. For as many times as you hear somebody say the schedule's too demanding, there's other people that are telling us all the time, I'd rather work. I'd rather be on the road doing this. It's It's... I know for me, time off was like almost the worst thing. Like it, it just, it it leads it, the the sort of the callus falls off, and you uh, everything affects you more. So you know, it's a it's a personal choice for everybody. Um, I don't think everybody is the same. I think everybody's different. I think there's certain points in your time where everything is different. When I was 25, uh, I didn't want to go home. I wanted to be on the road every single day. And uh, I think the changes for people, lifestyles change, the points that you're at in your life change. Um, so we work with everybody. And the schedules are, are manageable um, for most, you know, and, and the top, when, when you're on top, the demands are higher. But that's also part of the gig as well. You know, everybody wants to be the top uh, performer, but those that comes with responsibilities and, and commitments and everything as well that you have to be willing to take. And sometimes people don't want to take those as well. They just, you know, everybody wants to be the supervisor, but no one wants the responsibility sometimes. And so it's all stuff that you have to work around. Everybody is different. And, and 
you know, when you're talking about managing a couple hundred talent, it's a full-time gig of, of keeping them all healthy, keeping them all mentally straight of, of what they want to do and motivated and everything else. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but we have an incredible system and an incredible team that does it. And again, I'll repeat, I'll put it up against anybody in the world. Because to me, majority of the complaints or people talking, they're just doing that. They're talking, and they don't have a clue what they're actually talking about. Thanks for your time. And our next question comes from Connor Casey with ComicBook.com. Hey, Connor. Hey, Connor. Thanks for taking the time today. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of these uh, champion versus champion triple threat matches this Sunday at Survivor Series. I'm curious, was there ever a conversation to have Adam Cole involved in a triple threat with Ron SmackDown's world champions, Brock and Bray? Yeah, you know, look, those conversations early in the process took place. Um, there was a, a lot of debate around things, but I think when you finally got to it, like the, the Lesnar-Ray story Mysterio story was so strong that how do you how do you step away from that to go to something else like it almost feels like that one needs to take place now and then once you did that it started to change the dynamic now it's not brand versus brand versus brand or however you want to say that um it, it changes the dynamic so everybody kind of morphed into their own spot um you know the fiend being what that is and and it it, it almost works cleaner to have his own unique uh, storyline. So, you know, Adam Cole will be in the show. Adam Cole will uh, defend the championship, obviously, uh, you know, reliant on, on everything going well at, at war games and everybody being healthy. But uh, there's a triple threat at war games between Pete Dunne, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane. Uh, the winner of that match will face Adam Cole the next night uh, for the NXT championship. And, look, I, I'll... I'll say, to be honest, I'm, I would greatly look forward to any one of the three of those. Awesome. And Adam, he, it, how do you feel he's handled the spotlight? He's been in some really uh, key matches on Raw and SmackDown, and like you said, he, he gets to defend the title of Survivor Series. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about Adam Cole. Um you know, and, and look, I don't mean to just single him out, but that's who you asked about, right? Because there's a lot of talent here that I could say the same same about. But, like, consummate pro, um, represents well, well-spoken, smart. Um, you know, he just he has it all. And there's no, no place that he's been in, in in the last month or two, and he's been everywhere. He has represented you know, uh, on short notice, not the easiest of, of, of requests, right? On short notice, he gets in there with one of the best performers on the planet of Daniel Bryan and just and just tears the place down. Um, you know, he then gets in there with Seth Rollins, tears the place down, um, gets in there with, uh, you know, all those, all those people, all those brands on short notice and, and carries it, gets to Fox, uh, goes on, on the backstage show, represents himself incredibly well. I have people calling me and sending me notes all all day long about Fox, about, God, damn, this kid's a star, and, man, he represents so well. And, you know, he, he just has it. He's humble. He's smart. He's a sponge for the business, wants to know everything that there is about it, as good as he is, wants to know everything and more. Um, he's a leader. He's a leader in the locker room. He just, You know, he just has it all. Um, and, and so I, I, it's hard for me to, to 
to say it any other way, then I can't say enough good stuff about him. As somebody asked earlier, I'll just add to that. Somebody, somebody asked a question earlier. I made the mention of professional. There you go, Adam Cole. All right, and guys, we'll take our next, next question from... Oh. I'm sorry, this next one will be the final one. And our next question will come from Kelly Wells with PWTorch.com. Thanks, as always, Paul, for having us. Yeah, well, hey, okay. we'll do one, guys, we'll do one more after this. Sorry, we just looked at the clock wrong here. We'll do one more after this. Sorry. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, so um, you touched on this as far as the talent goes, but working toward two major shows on back-to-back days has presented some challenges in booking as well. Uh, Was NXT's involvement in Survivor Series a long-planned event that you were able to prepare for, or was this a late addition that caused kind of some shifting of parts and calling of audibles as you geared up towards the weekend? Both. Um, So, yeah, it was talked about quite a while ago of – the inclusion of it and it, you know, being all three brands and, and sort of uh, being Raw versus NXT versus uh, SmackDown. So that was always a part of the conversation. It was challenging even in that conversation because obviously we have war games the night before, um, already out there, already built, already promoted, everything else, right? So there, there's obviously challenges to that. Now, as we get closer and that becomes even more of a week to week on television that increased the challenges right once once we did the first show where it was a full on uh smackdown invasion of NXT that changed the scope of the involvement of NXT in the shows on a week to week basis and a um and an overall story writing arc so it was a bit of both there were some loose plans there I shouldn't say loose, but like there were some plans there, but it wasn't fully baked and it wasn't as deep as it ended up being. But again, I believe that we, in a moment, uh, came across an opportunity in that moment of, uh, of uh, you know, us having travel issues and needing to pull the trigger on something bigger. We did it and it, and it created a, a, a tremendous opportunity that we took advantage of. All right. And uh, as far as talents from UK, uh, NXT's gotten some great use out of like Rhea and Kaylee Ray and British Strong Style. And this is to allow for fresh matchups and I assume the purposes of cross promotion. So when these talents come over, is there a long term plan in place for them usually? Or is it a matter of maybe seeing how well they catch on with the audience and that might dictate the length of their stay? Well, it's, it, it's a little of both. Right, it's a, a little of both. Where do you need them? Where do they? Where can they benefit the most? Do they get to a point in one where to grow more? They need to be in a different location. Um, there's a bit more uh, full hands-on, and they can get. We can get deeper into the learning experience with them here, and kind of finish p- putting that polish on them here in in Orlando, as opposed to you know uh, London. So it's a. Um, sort of a work in progress of where they sit, where they are. You know, you see it with Pete was, Pete Dunn was kind of the, the foundation of the UK brand over there in a way with many others, obviously, but a key figure in that. And then, you know, we, we use, use the opportunity with him there to cement the brand 
and then bring him here to kind of finish that level. Now, he was coming and going between here a lot anyways um, for us to work with him at a greater level, but now he's here full-time in the U.S. working out of Orlando, training with us here. The, the goal long-term is, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. Um, and I think that's for a lot of people. You know, Rhea Ripley, you see somebody there, you see them in, uh, you know, she's another one that, like, in the Adam Colvane, just the consummate pro, as is Pete, sponge for the business, the learning curve is incredible. So you want them to learn, and then when they get to a certain point, take that next step and continue to grow, not stagnate. So, you know, the, the call was made, let's bring her here, and she can do a little of both for a while and then and then get her in, in line here. Uh, we're going to do that and, and evaluate talent um, one by one to where they should be and what's the next level, not only for the brand of NXT in the UK, the brand of NXT here, um, and, and where they fit, but also for them. What's the, what's the best learning curve for them? There's a certain point in time where you reach a, a certain place where you are where the best thing for you to do is go someplace else and continue that learning curve and learn something new and something more from different place. Thanks, Paul. Looking forward to the weekend. Thank you very much. And we'll take our last question from Somak Adhikari with India Times. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, Paul. Paul Hi. How are you, sir? Hi, uh, sir. I'm good. Uh, so I just had one query. Uh, so do you think this expansion of NXT is so what in the long run, how is it going to benefit WWE? Like, do you see it becoming more global, becoming more international and uh, spreading over the world much quicker? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think I've, I've spoken about it at business partner summits and uh, to Sports Business Journal and um, others, you know, outlets. But, like, the, to me, the, the long-term goal of this is to expand the NXT brand globally to uh, much like we did, you know, U.S. Uh, then branched into the U.K. And we learned a lot in that process, a lot. Um, the next movement is Great. to go more and more places. India, and, and I'm, you know, use that as an example, obviously, because this affects you, but India is, is a key uh, place that I'd like to be. Obviously, it comes with a lot of challenges and a lot of, um, right. you know, hurdles that, that U.K. helped us learn, but also it's a completely pl different place to do business. So excited, very excited to continue to get that rolling. Um, and I think there'll probably be some announcements, you know, uh, hopefully in the short term, but uh, of, of us making movements in, in different markets around the world. And whether that be um, some established markets or whether that be some brand new markets where we're going in there with a localized product, um, localized talent, and, and creating you know, in, for example, in India, creating an NXT brand on the ground in India with Indian talent and um, also talent from around the globe that can really resonate within in the country itself. That That's the goal, long-term. That is the goal. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. Sure. And, and uh, hey, thank you very much. I know, you know, India, I'll say this and you, you can put it out there. I, I thank the people of India. It's an amazing uh, place. And, you know, they're, they love WWE there so much. And when we send 
talent yeah. there. And Charlotte just returned from there last week, and I just spoke to her a couple of days ago. And man, she just she fell in love with India. You know, she couldn't stop raving about it. She couldn't stop raving about the experience. And um, it's it's nice. And, and I feel the same way every time I've ever been there. Um, it's it's such a beautiful place, and the people are so wonderful um, to us. Thanks for that. Actually, you should know when you Jinder Mahal here, most of India was supporting you because we all grew up watching you. So we yeah, were wanting yeah. you to win, even though you were taking on Jinder Mahal. And I was yeah. there at the stadium. I saw you win. We all celebrated when you won. Well, uh, thank you. Thanks and, a lot. Um, again, it's it's an amazing place, and I thank you for. Uh, for being such amazing fans, and we can't wait to get there in a bigger way. And it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up today's call. Thank everybody, as always, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Um, hopefully, uh, I get to see a lot of you in Chicago. It'll be a busy week. Uh, Friday night with SmackDown taking place in Chicago. Saturday with TakeOver. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to see a lot of you there. Um, at TakeOver and get to speak to you, uh, if not before, after the show for sure, um, in the media room, and we'll all get together and, and chat. And, uh, again, I thank you all for your involvement in this, your investment in it, and, uh, and your time. So thank you very much. I look forward to seeing everybody in Chicago. Thank you very much, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news today, to talk about our great new sponsor, Blue Chew. Again, bluechew.com. Use the promo code WINKLY, W-I-N-C-L-Y, to get your first order free. First shipment order, first order free, $5 shipping. That's right. I'll get it right here. We're going to do another read next week of it, too. So, uh, But we're very happy to have uh, Blue Chew here on the show. And if you like the show, come back tomorrow. Uh, it's been a big week for interviews. Of course, I want to thank Hugo Savinovich and WWE and NXT and Triple H for the, for the media call as well. Uh, and on tomorrow's show, the last Winkley of the week, uh, you're going to get to hear my interview with Eddie Edwards from Impact Wrestling and Soul Train Jones, Virgil. Andy Melnoski caught up with Virgil. We're going to round our week out with Virgil. I mean, what better way to end your Winkly week than with an interview with Virgil, Justin? I can think of a lot of things, but nonetheless, we'll layer it. All right. Well, Soul Trading Jones, he's going to be here tomorrow. Very excited. He loves Blue Chew. Chomps on it like cereal. Um, we also, if you like this show, you like uh, you like all the other review shows we do, like Justin just was plugging earlier. He'll be back tonight. Go to the Wrestling Inc. iTunes channel. Subscribe. Five-star ratings. Nice comments. Always appreciated. Uh, also, of course, this weekend in Chicago, WWB here with SmackDown, War Games, Survivor Series, and Raw. I'll be at everything. You're going to want to stay here with us on social media, at Wrestling Inc., and on the site for all the latest coverage of those big shows. Justin, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Please leave a good comment on iTunes. Yeah, leave us a comment. Tell us what you like about the podcast. It's always fun to hear good feedback. And uh, give me the follow at Justin Labar on social media. I'll talk to you guys tonight. All right. And I am at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.